0: It's showtime. Okay! Tokyo! South America! Australia! France, right. Germany! UK! America.
1: Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation cussing and discussing with America's only born and bred southern liberal talk host.
2: I try to make it, and I did. It is uh, actually coming up on six minutes after 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on this the ninth day of March, 2023. This is the Horn head On.live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. And for those of you who stuck around, thank you so much. Now, uh, if you've tuned in to listen live, thank you so much. That just means so much to me. But you did hang around. I, no, Lee, I didn't. I did not change the clocks on the wrong day. With that, I've been in Charleston, demanding my rights, and that is that. the rights, especially of my younger brothers and sisters and niblings throughout the mountain state. I cannot begin to tell you how inspiring it was. There were well over a hundred of us. And you know that that magnificent marble edifice and limestone. There's a lot of marble inside the uh, West Virginia State Capitol. It was built during the depression with a lot of help from FDR and good Democrats who had just gotten done doing things like, uh, oh, you know, passing the Fair Labor Standards Act and Social Security. Things that to this day work for good for all Americans. Well, that's when they built the West Virginia State Capitol because, well, the one that we built before that with our own with our own money, we kind of built out a spit and toilet paper and particle board, and that sucker went up in flames. No, really, it did. Uh, there are actually some rare photographs of the State Capitol of West Virginia, which was curiously enough, down on Capitol Street and Charleston, uh, going up like it was made of flash paper. Oh, my God. Oh, hi, I'm Robin, and it is Thorn in the Side Thursday. I'm a little exhausted, but I'm also really energized. I had to – I left here in plenty of time to get there on time, but in West Virginia that doesn't necessarily always work out. Know how Tracy was talking about going five miles an hour on the four hundred five in Los Angeles yesterday? It's equally fun when you're doing it on the sixty-four seventy-seven in Charleston, West Virginia. I had four traffic stops. I don't I don't mean like cops, but I had four traffic stops just, you know, during the fifty miles from here to the state capitol. Because apparently, even though it's not officially spring yet, it's spring. And it amazed me to be down in the Kanawha Valley. I saw I saw a site. That just spoke to my soul. The red buds are blooming down in the Kanawha Valley. They're not blooming up here yet. But they're blooming down in the Kanawha Valley. And it just made my soul sore. That's S-O-A-R, not S-O-R-E. Quit it. It just made me happy. And the, the, the tulip poplars and the tulip maples have already just erupted. Things are greening all over the place. The daffodils are going wild. John Quills, as my mother called them. And once I got in the hall, once I got into the Capitol, I could hear them. And it made the little hairs stand up on the back of my neck. I cannot begin to say enough good words about the dedication of the people who showed up. And who've shown up all during this legislative session? It was inspiring. And they were loud, and they were insistent, and they were dedicated, and they were determined. And they're not willing to take no for an answer. they you know, this this might be one of those moments where you go into the fight, even though um, some fights you fight even if you know you're licked going in. Because it's not the end of the fight. The whole reason for this was the fact that the medical ban for children's medicine, kids' medicine, adolescent medicine, that's what, not children, I'm talking about three, four, five years old, those are the the lies that the maggots tell. No, we're talking about adolescents who already know who the hell they are, probably have known for a very long time. And... For some reason or another, you know, there's maybe 1,200 young people in this state that this would affect. But the entire Republican majority of this legislature has gone to war against them. I'm, I'm sorry, my voice is crappier than usual, but I've been doing a lot of hollering, a lot of hollering because it was worth hollering over. But like I said, the minute I got into the Capitol, I could hear their roars. I knew, I knew how profound it was. And it stirred me all the way to the core of my being. It's beautiful to see activism among kids who maybe are 16, 18, 20, 22. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe there, there were two or three people of my age there, and it and there's a sort of the torch has been passed feeling about it all, but and and seriously, thank you, thank you to those of you who did stick around and trusted me that I would try to do what I said. Uh, in the chat room now, at present, here, eleven minutes after six p.m. in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Uh, Squeaky's in the chat room. So's New Jersey Nick and Irish Dave and Anatole. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh, what's that, Theo? What didn't go so well? Oh, oh okay.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: I thought, you know, I I shot a little bit, I shot a lot of stills, but I shot a little bit of video too because I wanted to capture the determined sound of these voices raised in brave and patriotic opposition to the fascism that inhabits the very beings of the Republican majority in this state. It sounded, I mean, I had tears come to my eyes before I even got to the rotunda. It was that powerful. Oh, there's Theo. Hey, Theo. I did a little prologue. Okay, wait a minute. I really don't drive this very well.
0: Can you hear that? That's my
2: child. I was getting choked up.
0: State Capitol, West Virginia. And
2: then I got up there and it just got louder and louder and louder. You leave a bunch of determined activists things to make noise with, and they will use them. Um, So there were some folding tables for, like, displays and whatever. And the next thing you know, those things were being banged on. And, you know, I I really – I hope – I hope those miserable maggot bastards inside that body, those bodies, I hope they got a little low-grade case of the turtle squirts out of it. Because they were in there quietly and civilly going about the business of hurting people who have never done a damn thing to them. And those outside were unwilling to go Quietly. Hear the pounding. Yeah. Now the House of Delegates is at one end, the Senate is the other. The Senate recessed for the day, and then uh, we went back to the other side, to the House side, to continue to continue protesting. And I saw, I saw a sign that just grabbed me. Black background with golden letters that said, No Pride Without Revolt. There were so many wonderful signs. Stop Stealing Health Care. That's what they're doing. They're stealing health care from parents and their children. I always loved the No Hate in My Holler banner. Love is love trans people belong in West Virginia I want to see trans kids grow up into trans adults one nibbling with a jacket on that said your religious beliefs should not regulate my existence we just want to live free they're absolutely correct a little more noise You know, the hey, hey, ho, ho chant never gets old. Hey, hey, ho, ho, in this case, transphobia's got to go. But this, yeah, no pride without revolt. You know, it kind of gets stuck in your head after a while. It was still rattling through mine. Even as I was coming back up the road. And I've made some wonderful friends along the way. And it's... It's absolutely precious to me. Anti-LGBTQ is anti-vet. And that's the truth. And that's why... Some transition services are covered by the VA now. And it's no skin off anybody's teeth, not even one single Republican. One of the leaders, uh, or one of the pushers of this filthy legislation is a guy named Gino Chirelli, or Chirelli, C H I A R E L L I. And another protester had a sign that said, Gino Chirelli is a member of a hate group. His fiance dumped him, and so should you. Oh, he's a horrible person. He's a member of one of these wild-eyed, radical, anti-freedom, uh, Roman Catholic outfits that thinks that we should all be compelled to be Catholic, just like them. You know, kind of the same way that uh, you know our our most pious and dread sovereign, supreme Catholic Majesties feel. But what a magnificent group! seeing them surrounding the rotunda on the second floor banging on the banging on that marble balustrade and then it all ended it all ended with them and i mean this went on for what 20 minutes or more chanting shame on you shame on you shame on you it's amazing And then it came to a close with a moment of silence for our brothers and sisters and nibblings who couldn't be there because they're not alive anymore. It was profound and it was moving. And I thank you all. I thank you all in particular for having the patience to put up with me going down there. It meant a lot. It means a lot. Because I've always felt like I can't just talk the talk. I have to be willing to... It's it's, it's who I am. And I can't talk about being active and being activist if I am not in my own right. You know Tucker Carlson is a stochastic terrorist. He sits there making God knows how many bajillions of dollars per second that he's vomiting into the microphone, and doesn't. And, and, and we know for a fact that he, Hannity, that they, they don't give a damn. It's proven. It is documented. It's sworn to under oath now. They don't believe any of this bilious garbage. They're only doing it for a dollar. And that's all the difference in the world between right-wing hate and liberal progressive talk conversation. And so along the way, I did get a little bit out, out in, ahead of myself. Because every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, even when it's an hour late. And so we say thanks to our ninth day of the month subscribers. Thank you so very much. Uh, Thank you again for the challenge, Cat in Ohio. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much from Joy Ann Ann Arbor. Joy said, with gratitude. She and a few other people wrote to me asking me for a copy of what I read at the beginning of yesterday's program. Happy to oblige. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you, Mary Bell. Thank you so much to James and Khalil. Thank you. So, just in terms of housekeeping and figuring out where we still are or are now, um, fundraising goal is nine, uh, um, yeah, nine fifteen, because we managed to keep it under four digits yesterday. So we'll just keep plugging along and hope for the best. I, I did. There is, there's a story. You <laughs> saw was a story. But there's a story that I ran across a couple of days ago, and it goes perfectly with, well, what I was into today. And I, I don't know how much further I'm going to go with the program because I'm absolutely whipped. I, I'm i just absolutely – there's something about going down that mountain, coming back up that mountain, walking a couple of miles through the capital complex. It just uh, – sort of takes it out of you yeah you you got it Flavio Flavio I love it when you guys send these okay I'm an hour late what did I miss well here let me recap the program Flavio just figured out Oh, okay you started an hour late so I only missed 15 minutes but I got the gist of the intro yeah good Uh, yes, G- Eugene Gino Chirelli, Morgantown, West Virginia. Flavio says, just looked him up. Definitely a deplorable. Oh, he is. He is. Uh, my grandma, Stephen New York, says, used to point to the goldenrods. Are they popping up? I never see them much in spring as much as I do in the autumn. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, Maybe I'm wrong. No, around here it's John Quill's, it's the, the the flowering pears, you know, those ornamental trees, the what is it, Bradford flowering pears, they're in full eruption. But my beloved my beloved red red buds are the first thing my always catch I always catches. Um what's that Randy Radar? Um Randy Radar says, we may have just lost another fighter. Las Vegas talk show host says that he is tired of fighting. He just wants to be happy. The rich are happy partly because they are me-oriented instead of we-oriented. And then there was no one left to stand up for him, paraphrased. I, I, don't, I don't know this person. I haven't seen this news. Um, I can't imagine not doing this. Until they come and shut the lights off and start carrying crap out of the house. I'm gonna keep doing this. I absolutely am. And by the way, thank you, thank you for every minute that you share in this in this program. And hey, just because it makes Brother Deacon A. Brother Deacon A. happy every time I say it, like and subscribe, leave a comment. I'm seeing the comments on Podbean. Thank you. It really does help. It. I don't know. I don't know how this magic works, but it makes makes the program more visible. So like, subscribe, leave a comment, push the heart button there on TuneIn, and we'll get will we'll, we'll grow this little community. And by the way, to all the people I never hear from, know that I think of you too. I may not get an email, may not get a call. But I see you. You're there, and I'm glad you are. And maybe the weird little maggot lurkers. Well, you're welcome too. You're welcome to listen and learn. Hear what it sounds like to be a decent human being. Come over to our side. We have cookies. Okay? But as as I said, I had uh I had a story. And in light of the fact in in light of what maggots uh, uh, you know, generalized Republicans say about the LGBTQ community because, you know, they've they've run that groomer pedophile scam on us for eons. Uh, here, let me introduce you to uh Ben Gibson. Ben Gibson of Bossier Parish, Louisiana. Bossier City. Bossier City. Babylon on the Red River. Merle Kimberly's Whisk-a-Go-Go. Yeah. Never mind. Ben Gibson, former Republican congressional candidate... And good God feared, upstanding Bible believing Christ centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual Christian. Well, he. In the last couple of years, he's spent a lot of time barking and grunting and braying and bleeding and groaning and hooting and moaning and generally carrying on about the groomers and the precious little children's. The groomer, and when he says groomers, of course, he means anybody who doesn't have sex the way he wants them to have sex or love the way he wants to, wants uh, thinks they should love or expresses gender the way he thinks they should express gender. There's only two genders. <sighs> well, turns out that after all that barking and grunting and braying and bleating and hooting and hollering about the groomers, uh, Ben, uh, ben Gibson... ran on November 3rd against Mike Johnson for a seat in Louisiana 4th Congressional District. He's, uh... He's 34 years old, Ben is. Oh, wait, this is an old story. Never mind. I guess he may, maybe he's been in prison for a while since Anyway... Darn it, I hate it when that happens. But it turns out he was a child predator. Yeah. You can find one of these pretty much every day. Just do a Google search. Republican child predator arrested. They're everywhere. But of course, okay, so that happened back three years ago. Two and a half years ago. Not quite. No. More like just barely two years ago. And you know whose show... Ben Gibson's story never showed up on Tucker Carlson. You know who else's show it never showed? Alex Jones, Frau Ingram, the Hannity job, the life support system for a haircut? Nope, none of them. None of them ever mentioned Ben Gibson because they don't mention the real predators, the real pedophiles. I don't know how the case was disposed of. Probably need to check that out. Might be interesting to find out, but bear in mind, it, it, no, no right-wing broadcaster is ever going to bring up the fact that the, most of the pedophiles, most of the child abusers, most of the child rapists... Yeah, well, they vote Republican. Because they're authoritarians, and it comes from an authoritarian mindset. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, thanks for the pronouncer, Flavio. Corelli. Corelli. C H I A R E L L I. Pronounced Corelli. They're actually famous clothiers in Venice, Italy. Useful people. Unlike, as Fabio puts it, unlike the West Virginia specimen. I especially like your use of the word specimen. Until they shut out the lights, Leah New York says, I thought that happened earlier this week. Glad you came back with the power. Well, we're, we're, I, I guess we're, uh, we're, at sufferance of Appalachian power right now because no singer had I paid them $1,000, and they wrote me and said they wanted another 1000 because that coal-fired, clean coal-fried electricity sure do turn out to be expensive. I was coming home from Charleston today. I was driving east on McCorkle Avenue, which parallels the south side of the, uh, the, the Great Kanawha River, and there was a humongous tandem coal barge being pushed by two tugs making its way down the Great Canal, headed for I know not where but I'm guessing for the John Amos coal fried power plant um, a little further down the river. And interestingly on my... Uh, my morning hate watch of my filthy morning habit. Legendary, genius songwriter and performer Carol King was on to talk about her environmental activism work. And girl, at 81 years old, you go. Speak truth to power. She mourned the passing of her friend Burt Bacharach, but she was there to talk about deforestation. And the fact that logging is as carbon intensive in this country and in the world almost as burning coal. And because I know a little bit more about this topic than maybe the average ordinary garden variety filthy morning habit watcher, I was sitting there, yes, yes, Carol, yes. And she was talking about clear cutting uh, and the, and the, Orwellian euphemistic language that they use in uh, the U.S. Forest Service, and she pointed out it's been done, this godforsaken logging and clear-cutting has been done under both Democrat and Republican presidents, and I have no doubt of the reality of that whatsoever. And then they cut to a photo of a whole bunch of clear-cut timber and they were just sort of piled up in a big dump, like maybe somebody was going to set fire to them or something. That's the way it looked to me, of course, because, well, that's what they do here in, in, in uh, almost level West by Cole, Stan. When they get ready to destroy the mountain, they cut down everything that lives. And they pile it all in one big dump. And then they throw old tires and worn out equipment. Anything that they need to get rid of, they throw on top of it. And then they douse it all in diesel fuel, usually. And light a match and throw it on it. The wood isn't even used for any decent human purpose but there we are oh i've seen lots of those piles seen them burn but it was nice to see a little bit of somebody somebody's getting it right in the uh, among the producers there at my filthy morning habit and i I just have to say hello terribly glad you did thanks for listening tell your friends and neighbors like and subscribe Oh, God, I'm getting obnoxious with this like and subscribe, and I apologize for that. Randy Radar says, tell me again why you owe the power company another $1,000. It's been a relatively mild winter here. Well, we haven't had a shit ton of snow here, but it has been cold. And we do not have a furnace here. Because those cost way too much money. So with little children in the house, we heat every room with one of those godforsaken space heaters. And they all draw a massive amount of current. And that's the biggest part of it. And once again, they send, you know, it's, it's one of those they say it, I pay it kind of situations. Because I can't win an argument with them. Anyway, that's where that is. God, I wish I was making that up. I wish I was short a payment on the on 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 the Gulfstream Five, but you know that thing got repoed a long time ago. But there are a couple of things that uh, caught my attention between yesterday and today. Kind of love this one. Remember little Neo-Maxi-Zoom-dweeby Jacob Wool. Remember his buddy Jack Berkman? Huh? Remember their stupid little stunts? And shitty little pieces of right-wing performance art? Eh, hey, well... Yesterday in a uh, federal court a federal judge who are often most often to be found in federal courts I'm sorry but yesterday a federal judge senior US district judge Victor Marrero in an 11 in a 111 page order Uh, rang those two little dumbasses up on violations of the Voting Rights Act and, drum roll please, the Ku Klux Klan Act. Wow. I mean, that's a real wow. Judge Marrero said the court recognizes that the free exchange of ideas on issues of public concern and the ability to engage in robust political discussion constitute the foundations of a democratic society. Oh dear. Okay. And that's where you get into the whole marketplace of ideas and the best way to beat a bad argument is with a good argument and all of that stuff that learned hand and Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. bantered back and forth about back before radio was even much of a thing. Still, having said that, Judge Marrero said that the evidence presented to him, quote, establishes that the neighborhoods that defendants targeted were not accidental or random. Going on to say that a jury couldn't escape the conclusion that Wohl and Berkman sought to, quote, deny the right to vote specifically to black voters. He went on to say the case wasn't even close enough to require a jury. This was all a matter of a scam that these two jackasses ran. to try to connive black voters out of casting their entirely legal ballots. New York Attorney General Letitia James, badass, also joined the lawsuit and yesterday issued a statement saying, Your vote is your voice, and I'm proud that today the court ruled in our favor to uphold the most important cornerstone of our democracy. Wohl and Berkman engaged in a disgraceful campaign to intimidate black voters, using threats and lies to keep them from making their voices heard in an attempt to secure the election for their preferred presidential candidate. I will always stand fierce in defense of New Yorkers' right to vote, and anyone who attempts to take away that right will be met with the full force of the law. And all of this was in service to MAGA. They've targeted Pete Buttigieg, Anthony Fauci, Robert Mueller. And at one point, did 85,000 robocalls sent out across the country to states, including New York, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. They created a character named Tamika Taylor, who said in these robocalls, if you vote by mail, your personal information will be part of a public database that will be used by police departments to track down old warrants and will be used by credit card companies to collect outstanding debt. Woll and Berkman tried to use the Rush Limbaugh, Your Honor, I'm only a comedian defense. No, really. Referring to themselves as goofballs and political hucksters with an irreverent sense of humor. But Judge Marrero was having none of it and said, "Uh uh-uh, this was not mere hyperbole. In addition to the specific harms that the call threatened, defendants dressed the call with a veil of legitimacy to mislead its listeners into believing the statements made in the call were true. The robocall framed Woll and Berkman's organization, Project 1599. Really? as a civil rights organization with a name reminiscent of the 1619 Project, an initiative of the New York Times that sought to recognize and commemorate the history of the first slave ship that carried enslaved Africans into the United States. And, by the way, uh, the 1619 Project also managed to light the fire under Christopher Ruffo and started basically the entire barking, grunting, and hooting fiesta uh, that is... CRT! There was a criminal prosecution. In the Ohio case, Wolin Berkman received a sentence of 500 hours of community service registering voters living in low income neighborhoods in the Washington, D.C. area. They pled guilty to a felony count of telecommunications fraud. There's another case pending in Michigan. Maybe at some point in time, these dumb little bastards, these vicious little bastards, these sick little maggots, can see the inside of a prison. Judge Marrero said, you know, the call markedly lacked any outlandish details or other cues that may indicate to an ordinary listener that it should not be taken seriously. And then Judge Marrero loaded, uh, well, back in October 2020, Marrero dropped dropped a rock on them. In the current version of events, the means that they use to intimidate voters, though born of fear and similarly powered by hate, are not guns, torches, burning crosses, and other dire methods perpetrated under the cover of white hoods. Rather, they carry out electoral terror using telephones, computers, and modern technology adapted to serve the same deleterious ends. The judge said the, the robocall script contained racially coded language and was imbued with numerous harmful racial stereotypes about the black community in an effort to target black voters. Further, each of the threatening messages contained in the robocall also relied on harmful stereotypes of black people related to interactions with the criminal justice system, the amassing of debt, and resistance towards medicine. Oh, anti-vaxxing, yes, of course. Why not? And so, among other things, the people who received the robocalls can submit statements to the court in support of damages, attorney's fees, and costs. Please, Your Honor, break these fuckers. Break them into a thousand tiny pieces. Oh, and since yeah, since it's probably approved, uh, quick um, for as long as I can last. Um, if we can raise fifty bucks, we have an offer, an anonymous offer to put up a hundred, and that would be huge. So that's a that's a tripling challenge. Your ten bucks becomes thirty, not just twenty. And that would be magnificent. And thank you to Frank. Frank just jumped in uh, and uh, it took us down. Oh, just a second. got to keep up the math. Uh, yeah, it took us down uh, below the $900 mark. We're at 890 now. If the challenge gets met, that would be... That would get us down to some 740. Thanks, Frank. Thank you so much, Frank in Minnesota. Huh. Flavio found me a uh, Chirilli shirt. Made in Korea, alas, 100% cotton though. Once upon a time, that would have been a very nice dress shirt for me. Uh, Jeremy in Vermont pointed out the subject line, Jacket Off. I think you have a listener in one of Stephanie Miller's crew. He referred to Jim Jordan as Jacket Off Jordan. Also, I bet it's normal gas they use on the pipes. Diesel doesn't burn unless it's good and hot. Uh, might be. A lot of diesel up there, though. I just At one point in time, they were uh, there was a, an environmental dodge that allowed coal companies to spray diesel fuel. I kid you not on coal, and say that the coal had thereby become clean coal. Oh, really? I wish I was lying. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, let's see. What else? Oh, uh, Tennessee. We've been dealing with Tennessee a little bit. Let's check in with Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. Yeah, he doesn't. there's a picture of Randy McNally here, and he doesn't look like somebody you'd want to have around any little children. Um, thank you, goddess of irony. Thank you. Looking down and touching Lieutenant Governor of Tennessee Randy McNally just for our, our gratification and benefit. He's, he's He's been thoroughly behind his boss, Bill Lee, and uh, by the way, cross-dresser Bill Lee, in going after the drag queens. But, uh, well, something interesting popped up. Because there are still enterprising reporters out there one of them is daily Brief, daily beast reporter will summer and will summer just well started taking a peep at the lieutenant governor's instagram account You know how this is going to play, don't you? Randy Weaver's been liking and sending compliments to well, reporter Will Summer referred to it as a raunchy gay Instagram account. It's the Instagram account of a 20-year-old from Knoxville, Tennessee who posts pictures of himself in nothing but his undies. Mm. (laughs) There was one picture of the young man, he's 20, from Knoxville, and he posted a picture of nothing but his behind, to which Lieutenant Governor of Tennessee Randy McNally replied, You can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. Then there was the picture of the young man's um, undies barely covering his package, and the Lieutenant Governor of Tennessee. Clicked and sent a heart emoji. Then there was the uh, video of the young man, rather suggestive, and Lieutenant Governor of Tennessee responded with the <clears throat> heart and flame emojis. Oh, Lieutenant Governor Randy, come on out of the closet, hon. And then, I swear, I'm not making this up, this paragraph. Will Summer of the Daily Beast reached out to McNally spokes-creep at, Okay, spokesman, Adam Kleinheider. Better hide your Klein and your Weaver. Sorry. Reached out to McNally spokesman Adam Kleinheider for comment. And Kleinheider responded by scolding media publications for reading anything into the lieutenant governor's apparent enthusiasm for close-up butt pics. Trying to imply something sinister or inappropriate about a great-grandfather's use of social media, says more about the mind of the left-wing operative making the implication than it does about Randy McNally. As anyone in Tennessee politics knows, Lieutenant Governor McNally is a prolific social media commenter. He takes great pains, I bet, He takes great pains to view every post he can and frequently posts encouraging things to many of his followers. Does he always use the proper emoji at the proper time? I don't know if I'm going to get through this. Maybe not. But he enjoys interacting with constituents and Tennesseans of all religions, backgrounds, and orientations on social media. He has no intention of stopping. I will bet he doesn't. Great-grandfather. Do they allow him around the great-grandchildren? That's all I want to know. Huh. How dare you? How dare you criticize a great-grandfather for lacking li- for the naked butox of a cute little 20-year-old twink. He likes to interact with voters. <laughs> the funny thing is, is there's no denial of it. Well, maybe he didn't use the... Um, Mr. Kleinheider? You... You darling spokes. Oh, God, I love PR flax. Here. Here's a handful of shit. Make it look like gold. Anybody can see that this was perfectly innocent, just a grandfather looking at a a boy's bottom, a 20-year-old boy's bottom in his underwear, and telling him he could make the day rainbows and sunshine. See, that's what happens. Y'all done ruined the rainbow, you know that? You did. Damn. Thank you, goddess of irony. Thank you. We will sacrifice a rubber chicken at midnight in your honor. On oh, speaking of his boss, Governor Bill Lee, uh, the Human Rights Campaign purchased a full-page ad in the Tennessean Nashville paper on March 7th that reproduced in full That wonderful photo of back when Bill Lee wasn't a complete and total asshole when he was in high school in 1977, and got and got all dolled up in a dress. The Human Rights Campaign didn't get nasty about it. All they said was this kid enjoyed drag. Guess what happened to him? He's our governor. Sometimes less is more, and that works. I'm particularly fond of this story. They had a uh, they had a hearing in the House Oversight Subcommittee on Energy Policy yesterday. Both, Lauren Bobblehead Bubert. Clanny Oakley, who failed her GED three times before, I guess, somebody took it for her, who has railed against sex education in the schools, and who also was a teen mom, you know, while she was dropping out of school. Stay in school, kids. Otherwise, you could wind up like Clanny Oakley. Uh, She sits on that committee alongside, uh, from the minority, the brilliant Cory Bush of Missouri And on this energy policy bill they're not not bill but hearing on this energy policy hearing they uh, they being the maggots called as a witness a guy named Alex Epstein. who is the Center for Industrial Progress president. He considers himself a philosopher, of sorts, I suppose. And Cori Bush, being the brilliant woman that she is, did her homework. Read up on Alex Epstein for this energy policy here. And she kind of found out who and what Alex Epstein is. By the way, thank you, Ralphs, for jumping in. We've got $40 to go to make 150 It would be great if we could. Thank you. Um. Hi, Mary Bell. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, yes, there's a March 9th program here. In, uh, yeah. Thank you, Mary Bill. And then uh, Theo writes in, Really, madam? Hi. Hi, Theo. Clearly it's been a challenging day, and you're now having way too much fun on the air. Do I suggest you stop? Oh, hell no. Cheers. Cheers. It's just how the universe ranges itself sometimes, Theo. And I'm grateful for these little moments, and they're... they're They're lanyops. They are serendipitous, to say the least. He is going to continue to post uh, post inappropriate emojis on pictures of young men's cute little behinds. I personally wish to find out who that was. No.
0: Mm.
2: So, um... Hopefully you stuck around long enough that you know that this program is live, Marybill. Hi. (sighs) So, Cori Bush found out that Alex Epstein has a white supremacist streak. Pay attention to that, because I know sometimes we get in a hurry and we mispronounce it, but the word is white supremacist. It is the noun version of someone who is a believer in white supremacy. Well, Clanny Oakley didn't like what the black woman was talking about and started trying to play parliamentary procedure with Cory Bush and the committee chair. Things did not go well for Clanny Oakley, not that we would expect them to, for, for she is a blithering idiot.
3: Thank you so much, Mr. Chairman. St. Louis and I are here today to have a serious discussion about what energy security looks like for people, not corporations. This hearing is not that discussion If House Republicans actually cared about preventing an energy and economic crisis from happening, they would commit to investing in renewable energy. Unfortunately, there are no serious proposals being offered. Rising inflation caused by Russia's violent invasion of Ukraine and COVID-19 pandemic-related supply chain shortages combined with dangerous corporate greed and a reliance on fossil fuels, has left the United States in a tenuous position of expensive, unreliable, and unsafe energy. Let's be clear, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve was precisely created to be tapped in emergencies involving severe shortages of oil. Of course, I believe that the best way to avoid similar challenges in the future is to end our reliance on oil, But there should be no doubt that President Biden employed it explicitly for its stated purpose in an emergency when our nation's families and people needed it most. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, gas prices peaked at $4.88 in the Midwest region last year and are now down to $3.24 as of this week. People were struggling to get to doctor's appointments or to keep their heat on, and the Republican Party would have loved to do nothing. While the drawdown of the SPR was necessary to bolster supplies in an emergency, future events can be best ameliorated or prevented by reducing our demand for and our reliance on fossil fuels but my Republican colleagues have unironically invited for-profit think tank and oil titans whose expertise is in maximizing profits, especially at the expense of our black, our brown, and our indigenous neighbors' health, safety, and well-being. One of these so-called energy experts is a philosopher who has previously espoused white supremacist views.
2: Go ahead interrupt. Notice the language that she used. Is a philosopher who has previously espoused white supremacist views. She chose those words specifically. Sort of like knowing that, well, the little Colorado dropout. Was going to leap at the bait.
3: For instance, in his 2000 college newspaper, he wrote, "Quote: The African and American Studies Department has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented Mr. Chairman, not I, as." I demand inferior. the gentlelady's words be taken
1: down. She just called the witness a white supremacist.
2: Did you hear that? She just call, she just called the witness a white supremacist. I don't even know how to spell that. But somebody just elbowed, uh, el- elbowed little Clanny Oakley in the ribs and said, get in there. She's about to impeach the witness before he even opens his mouth. I would not fuck with Cory Bush. But I'm not Clanny Oakley.
3: His 2000 college newspaper he wrote, quote, the African and American Studies Department has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented. Mr. Chairman, not as. I demand inferior. the gentlelady's words
1: be taken down. She just called the witness a white supremacist.
3: No, I referred to the words, not to the person, not to him. The words.
1: The gentlelady is referring to the witness's statement and referred the to him words. as a white supremacist. I would like a parliamentary no, inquiry right, right, right. into the having chair, the woman's no? words taken down.
0: The chair recognizes, uh, Congresswoman Boebert.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I would like a parliamentary inquiry into taking down uh, the gentlelady's words, the ranking member's words, uh, for insinuating that our witness made white supremacist statements using his words.
2: That's three. Still hasn't figured out the word. Not a, pra- not a long-time practitioner of the art of knowing words, Clayton Oakley.
0: The chair cannot take down words that are directed toward a witness, only to other members. All right. The chair recognizes ranking member Bush to continue her opening statement.
2: And by the way, the transcription on this, this video is terrible. The chair recognizes drinking member Bush. I heard ranking. Did you hear ranking? <sighs> these these algorithms are going to have to get a lot better, and the speech recognition too. But then again, if you were trying to uh, uh, trying to transcribe, never mind.
1: Mr. Chairman, parliamentary inquiry. State your inquiry. Um, is it appropriate for the ranking members to show respect to the witnesses who are here present in the committee room today?
0: I think it would obviously be um, warranted to show respect for any
1: witness. I, I would like that um, sentiment to be expressed and the members to be reminded to show respect to our witnesses who are here today.
2: Thank- yeah, that, that's her asking the very white man ranking member to please, please tell the black lady from St. Louis to quit being all uppity.
1: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield.
0: Thank you. Chair recognizes uh, Ranking Member Bush.
3: As I was saying, the African and African-American Studies Department, this is the quote, has 23 classes. In many of these classes, African culture is presented not as inferior to Western culture, but as on equal footing with it.
2: And that is a classic white supremacist trope that everything come up that, that has been come up with by white cultures you know including 20th century genocide is so much far advanced above any black or brown or ver- anything but white culture you know never mind the fact that the chinese were plotting and and and, and uh, the mayans were plotting the stars at a time when White Western culture was still fighting with the with the buzzards for what the wolves left behind. Never mind that. This is a this, this is one of those fetish points of white supremacy. You can hear it in their in their in their phony baloney critiques of archaeological technology. Well they didn't have no bow and arrows. How dumb do you got to be not to have a bow and arrow? I've actually heard that one in real time. And being someone who has spent a little bit of time in the anthropology departments, it took me—well, it, it was a—it was a lost cause, but I still made the effort. There are places and times and cultures where the bow and arrow is not the preferred means of hunting game. And then you start talking about the Atlatl. And they go what the odd lots? Ain't that that, ain't, that, ain't that that bargain store down there by the down, down there by the railroad by the river no <sighs> So this Alex Epstein is a white supremacist but she didn't but she was too smart to call him that she was referring to his writings which are. Not to mention the fact that the idea of Western culture is bullshit. That's just another way of saying white culture. We've mentioned this from time to time on this program. The United States is Western culture. Great Britain is Western culture. Germany's Western culture. Pol- Poland is Western culture. Italy's is Western culture. Greek is Western co- Greece is Western culture. Australia is Western culture. The entire southern hemisphere of the Western Hemisphere, on the other hand, which is far more far further west than any nation in Europe, is not Western culture, and not ni- and you know neither is any tribal or national group in Asia or Africa. See how it works.
3: In other departments, the same is done with Latin American, Indian, and American Indian culture. End quote. When confronted about these views over two decades later, rather than disavow them, he doubled down on this narrative saying, quote, It has nothing to do with skin color. I was arguing that those cultures overall are inferior to Western culture.
2: And guess what that leads to? Determinations that one culture is better than, superior to, supreme over other cultures. We have words for that. Genocide. Racism. Enslavement. Colonization. In 1491, the cleanest, most successful, most densely populated city in the entire world was not Beijing, Shanghai. Certainly not Paris or London or Rome. It was not even... Well, it certainly, wasn't Constantinople because, well, May of 1453—that shit hit the fan. It wasn't Tokyo. It wasn't Mumbai. It wasn't Cairo or Alexandria or Baghdad. It certainly, wasn't Moscow. In 1491, the cleanest, most successfully densely populated city on earth wasn't western culture it was in fact the capital city of the dominant tribal group of the triple alliance in the valley of Mexico it was Tenochtitlan and western culture came over and beat it down to rubble okay yeah Oh dear, I ha- I, I kind of wish you hadn't told me. Flavio says, even Randy Rhodes says white supremacist. Maybe 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 that's the modern equivalent of I could care less. Because Flavio says drives me to distraction. Everybody knows a white supremacist is a white person who is a fan of the R and B group The Supremes. Okay, Flavio. You played that one very well. Maybe this needs to be a thing we work on. White supremacist. But Cory Bush owned poor little Clanny Oakley so bad.
3: We are not inferior to any culture, speaking as a descendant of one of those cultures. This is the witness the Republicans invited to discuss issues of energy security. He came here to promote fossil fuels, which we know are disproportionately harming and killing black and brown people. Last week, I joined Ranking Member Raskin and all of my Democratic oversight colleagues in calling on oversight Republicans to denounce white nationalism and denounce white supremacy in all its forms. Not one single Republican joined us.
2: To be fair, there's a reason for that. That would have meant Republicans denouncing their fucking base.
0: Just, I mean, it's true.
3: So I ask again today. Will my Republican colleagues condemn white supremacy and work with us to ensure this committee engages in advancing good and reducing harm rather than perpetuating it? That is respect. Our committee needs to be focused on actions that will help people and prevent financial hurt and pain.
2: The thing is, though, those are all prepared remarks. She's reading prepared remarks. So that means when she brings up, that is the meaning of respect, she knew that Clanny Oakley was going to leap at the bait like a catfish jumping at a wet, wet oatmeal ball on a hook. And by the way, in case anybody's wondering, Cori Bush... Does a little strategic smiling along the way through this entire little discussion. And we find out it's abundantly clear that she is enjoying taking away Clanny Oakley's lunch money.
3: Whether we deploy the SPR or we don't, the instability of our energy system will continue if we are reliant on oil. Our committees need safe, reliable, renewable energy, and more investments in public transit. Thank you, and I yield back.
2: And I just burnt Clanny Oakley to a crisp. She got Clanny Oakley to defend a white supremacist. That's pretty good. I have a feeling that that Democratic staff is a lot better than Republican staff. Cori Bush has studied the rules. Clanny Oakley has not. Then again, as has been mentioned to me on a couple of times, a couple of occasions, Clanny Oakley is so dumb she she, she studied for her PEP test. (laughs) <laughs> but what Cory Bush referred to is absolutely, absolutely true. Over on the House Oversight Committee, Jamie Raskin presented a two-sentence statement. This is all it said We, members of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability together denounce white nationalism and white supremacy in all its forms including the Great Replacement Conspiracy Theory These hateful and dangerous ideologies have no place in the work of the United States Congress or our committee. That's it That's all And there are 26 Republicans on that committee, and not one of them were willing to sign it. Not one. Because of those 26 Republicans, if any one of them had signed it, that Republican could look forward to a primary from the right, from some maggot uh, barking and grunting and braying and bleeding and hooting and screaming about how, He's a liberal. MAGA. Because, see, the problem is there are members on the House Oversight Committee who, A, winked at the terrorist attack by white people on the capital of the United States on January 6, 2021, and who also have barked and grunted and brayed and hooted, et cetera, about the invasion at our southern border. Uh, some members have even gone so far as to say that Joe Biden is deliberately opening our border. He's going to change our culture, which is the heart and soul of the bullshit Great Replacement Theory. Clanny Oakley couldn't sign the statement. Little Miss Three Names couldn't sign the statement. James Comer couldn't sign the statement. None of them could simply denounce white nationalism and white supremacy. How pathetic is that? How dead in the soul, how bankrupt of morals is it to just be able to say that white nationalism and white supremacy are wrong? It's either because they just... it, it is They disagree with the statement. Because the means by which they, ret- they, they retain power is white nationalism and white supremacy and white grievance and white lash. And here we are. And then and I think maybe, maybe maybe we should maybe we should save the bulk of this for tomorrow for Friday on the front porch. But the DOJ report on the Louisville Police Department. Here's a bunch of headlines out of this. Here's one of them. A Louisville police officer let his dog attack a 14-year-old black child who was not resisting. As the dog gnawed on the child's arm, the officer said, stop fighting my dog, according to the DOJ bombshell report. That really happened. There were no consequences. And I have perused... Bits and pieces of the DOJ report as it's become available. Y'all, we've had conversations from time to time here where we have said that phrases like defund the police are probably inartfully expressed because saying what we actually mean is too much of a mouthful. Like stop asking police to do the work of social workers, stop asking police to do the work of mental health workers, behavioral health workers. Stop sending people with guns to mental, high, to mental health crises. See how long it takes to say that? Spend money on things besides guns for cops. See? But if you browse the DOJ report long enough, it's hard not to come back and say, no, 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 I think that phrase was right. Yet, yeah, defund the police. At least defund the Louisville Police Department. Shit can the lot of them. And I don't want to hear any of that bad apple bullshit either. Clean house. Start over. Rethink it. Because there have been plenty of dirty police departments in the history of the United States. Memphis, Tennessee comes to mind. Rampart Division in L.A. All the filthy shit that gets documented in in, in Serpico. This bunch... This bunch was dirty from top to bottom, start to finish, and side to side. We haven't even, and, and we haven't even gotten to a mention of
0: Brianna Taylor. Ugh.
2: So yeah, maybe we'll save that for tomorrow. I meanwhile am absolutely zonked. But look, we've got half a program in. I'm kind of keeping track, so that's an entire program from Tuesday. We're down, but we got back half hours at that, so that was two and a half hours, three and a half. We're down four hours of programming. I've got to make up somewhere along the way. Our anonymous benefactor said, "Doesn't seem like I'm getting much traction on my challenge." That's forty more dollars gets us a hundred. Ten people with four bucks, or four people with ten bucks, and. God, I hope. I hope uh, a lot of people may not have been here, kind, uh, kind internet friend, because I was after all late, and I apologize for that. Yeah, Flavio, not wrong. DOJ bombshell report. Water is wet. Bombshell report. The way Garland put it, it sounded like so obvious. I wrote on Facebook with a screenshot of Ari Melber's report, water is really wet. Yeah. So thanks, everybody. Those of you who stuck around for the live broadcast, thank you so much. What What I witnessed and what I participated in today was good for my soul. Thank you. I hope all of us at some point in time, not as a result of any existential crisis, but get to feel that sense of community, that sense of purpose, that sense of determination, even in the face of overwhelming numbers, that we will resist, that we are in oh so many, far too many states in this union a resistance but thank you thank you to Frank and thank you to Ralps thank you kind internet friend thanks to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers gosh we need new subscribers thank you our a la carte contributors thank you to each and every one of you who spend your precious fine, finite time engaging in this program in whatever manner you so choose and who stuck around today because the community of podcast listeners and live listeners is the entire reason for this for the existence of this program it ain't about me Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Steve in the chat room. Thanks for checking in and making sure whether I was going to be on the air or not. Thank you. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, like and subscribe. And thanks, Brother Deacon, for leaving the... Uh, Stream unoccupied so that I could just click send and get on the air. I see you done make it to air, you white supremacist. Quit it! That's not nice. I'm neither supreme. Well, I do like the Supremes when you come right down to it. baby. Never mind. Don't sing. My internal my internal DJ music library started queuing up Supreme tunes. Oh, well. Like and subscribe. Hit that hit that heart button. Leave a comment, please. Thank you. You're helping more than you know when you do that. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and, and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop, There is a future coming to West Virginia and Appalachia. I know it. Judy Bonds knew it. Larry Gibson knew it. A lot of people knew it. They also knew they might not live to see it, but the work was worth the doing. Stay safe, everybody. Get your booster, get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Hopefully there will be a vaccine next year. Not that the maggots will get it. Wear your masks because they're they're an anti-vax viral cesspool lot. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance, 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And if somebody comes burbling towards you saying, she done caught the witness, a white supremacist. Well, avoid that GED three time loser like the plague, because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all
0: for you. Later.